Welcome to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Each week on this program, Jeff and his guests share their expertise, personal anecdotes, and the latest industry news to keep you in the loop. Now to provide you with insight and help you navigate the consistently changing world of real estate lending, here is your host for The Mortgage Voice, Jeff Barton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks for tuning in this week. This week and every week, we are on a number of different stations, radio stations. That's right, old-time radio. You're driving around in your car right now. You're tuned in to us. We are at KCAA out in the Inland Empire, Southern California, KMET as well, in Southern California, out in the Rancho Santa Margarita area, as well as the uh, Riverside and San Bernardinos. We're also up in Tahoe at K Tahoe. Uh, that's a great signal up there, and we bring a lot of listeners to the show from the San Francisco as well as all the way out to Sacramento. We're also down in Albuquerque, New Mexico at K Mine, K M I N, K Mine Country. Love those people down there. We're trying to up our usage and wattage from the uh, people in Albuquerque. That market has really gone through some amazing changes. Over the last two years. And we're also in Las Vegas, Nevada at AM 1400 KSHP. And those fine folks bring us to you every Saturday morning. I think it's Saturday morning. Is that right? That's what I've been told. Okay. (laughs) Exactly right. Okay. Saturday morning. And if you want to hear and see me in any other way, come to YouTube. Jeff Barton, The Mortgage Voice. We are there. We record each and every show. As well as on all those different stations that you can see us. Sign up for it. Make sure that you say that you like the show. Make sure that you sign up for alerts to the show. The information is fast and furious in our business, especially now. Things are really cooking on all kinds of different fronts, from inflation to the war to certainly other uh really uh, a supply and demand issue, whether you've got a house, whether you don't have a house, prices have continued to go up as mortgage rates have gone up. Anyway, I'm Jeff Barton. This is The Mortgage Voice, and thanks very much for tuning in. Okay, in regards to that, yes, the inflation numbers. You know, one thing I don't understand about inflation itself and about people's panic, especially in the stock market, and most of you, like me, have at least some of your retirement money in the stock market. Uh, We went away from other kinds of investments years, decades ago, and most Americans, whether it's their, you know, long-term retirement fund, whether it's their personal investment, or whether it's just, you know, what Social Security does, which is, by the way, take the money that you pay them for Social Security and they dump it in the the, uh, stock market. So you're in the market whether you know or like it or not. But why does the stock market react the way it does to inflationary news, which wasn't great. Everybody understands it. I mean, if you've got the inflation rate going up 0.1%, okay, that's month over month, right? But if year over year it's gone down a little bit, it's I think 8.2% rather than 8.3%. Regardless, if the numbers go down and the CPI, what they call the core consumer price index, if that also goes down and we see it going down, but it didn't go down as much as it should, or certain aspects of it went up more than they thought it would, and these numbers are small in, in regards to the overall picture of the economy of the United States and what's going on in the world, which we've touched about many times on this show. You think it's bad here, that's the segment of the show. You think it's bad here, you know, and then we tell you about what's going on in other countries, and just so you get a perspective as to what is really happening, and I'm Certainly an America first guy, absolutely. But when it comes to inflation, which is a worldwide issue, it's not Americans' issue, it's not South Americans' issue, it's not the Middle East or Europe or Russia. But when it comes to all of these things and what's happening with us here now, you need to know about certain things that inflation does do. Makes bread cost more. Eggs cost more. It makes uh, travel a little bit more expensive, although travel did come down this month and gas prices did come down this month. It was one of the brighter spots within the inflationary report. But why does the stock market react? They had a 1,300-point decline this week. And I say decline like we would say defense in a football game. It declines. It goes down. It's bad. And anybody who has that looks and feels worse once they see it. And because, obviously, it hurts your retirement portfolio, it hurts, you know, as I said, the Social Security money that goes in there, it's just gone down a certain percentage. It hurts your own personal retirement, personal investment. 
And it doesn't really address, I guess, what needs to be addressed in these kind of numbers that we talk about each and every week. How you feel about your situation and what you're going to do if you're thinking about, one, buying a house, if you're thinking about getting a mortgage. The things that really bother you, just push that aside a bit. If you want to buy a house, and by the way, the numbers of personal income growth are really outstripping inflation this month. Not every month, but this month it did. So getting back to where we were, what you really want to find out and know about is what is the interest rate on my loan? Can I afford the payment? Can I afford the down payment? And what are the risks of me losing my job? These are the top, the big four that you think about every time you're looking across the street because you're renting and there's a for sale sign across the street. That's what you're looking for, and that's what you need to focus on. The inflationary numbers are going to come down eventually. We know this. When? We don't know. Market volatility, i.e. the stock market volatility, yes. Don't watch Bloomberg. Don't watch CNBC. Don't watch Fox Business. Why? Because you just get depressed, and you just look at it as if the world is about to end. It's not about to end. Are you working? That's the most important thing because you can afford what you're doing right now and then you can try to save for what you want to do. Interest rates. Interest rates themselves will, will basically continue to rise for one of a couple of reasons. The number one reason they're going to rise is what happens in the bond market. And we talk about the 10-year bond all the time. We talk about the cost that it it is for you to have a 10-year investment in the debt of the United States of America. Now, currently, the two-year investment in the debt of the United States of America pays you more than the 10-year investment in the debt of the United States of America. That's called inversion, the dreaded yield curve inversion, which, as we talk every week I say this, it portends a recession. Recession's coming next year? Yeah, I think it is. And that's what you got to worry about. What's your industry? What's your job? What are the long-term prospects? I can tell you a couple of things. Financial sectors, mortgage business, real estate, anything related to those three areas has some <laughs> deep thinking to do about your career choice right now because a lot of lenders have laid people off. A lot of big box banks have laid people off. It's going to translate if the market, stock market continues to flounder fall, it's going to affect that particular group as well, and you will see layoffs in the financial services sectors as well. Now, if it filters to the regular jobs on the street, which we have plenty of them, teachers, for instance, teachers, another thing about the teachers, about ready to go on strike, that's, uh, that's a lot of teachers. I think it's in the city of Seattle, 50,000 teachers. So as we are approaching this, okay, what is really going to happen to my job in the next two years? That's something to think about, and that's something to worry about. Obviously, we are in a, a position right now where we're thinking about that, even though it hasn't happened. Unemployment rate is still historically low, 3.6%. It did tick, uptick a little bit. We are seeing more people apply first-time uh, jobless benefits uh, than we had in the previous couple of weeks, but it's still not a chronic or acute problem. Acute being short-term, chronic being long-term, what we're really seeing is two-to-one job openings, two jobs. I have children who are in the job market occasionally, and they all tell me that there's plenty of jobs for what they do and what they want to do. So what's your job? What's it going to be like in a year? Can you afford a payment? And the, the rates on your loan, late rates today, 6.3%. That's big for a 30-year. I can get into the whole thing, and so uh, wait till the next segment to do that. But when you're looking at 30 years, 30-year uh, at 6.3%, that's big. Guess the last time it was there. Daryl, when was the last time it was at 6.3%? It's been about 10, 15 years. It's 2008. That's exactly what it is, and that's a big number. So, yeah, that's, that's something to look at. Obviously, it is. We talk a lot about uh, the availability of funds. Is it any different now than in 2008? The answer is no. 
even all through the up, you know, upturn and the money being spent and real estate prices going up in uh, COVID, nope, the availability of funds was still very limited. Anyway, I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. We've got a great show for you, and uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for tuning into the show. You know, you can go to our website if you want to see this show, hear this show, or go to past shows and see who the guests were. The website is themortgagevoice.com. I'm Jeff Barton. This is The Mortgage Voice. And that there website, you can join. You can click on <laughs> Now I'm going to go into my <laughs> country western voice. No, you can click on it that you like it. Uh, there's a lot of different guests that appear on the show, and uh, you can find out a way to get in touch with them, ask them a question indirectly, or just see what we're doing each and every week. We have uh, the shows, and we post them up there as well. That's themortgagevoice.com. I'm Jeff Barton. Thank you, Sue. Uh, thanks for everybody uh, listening to the show and those people that do like it and come on a weekly basis. There's lots going on in the mortgage industry, uh, a lot of layoffs, a lot of people who are uh, just desperate right now trying to figure out the best way by which they can get into a house because rates have gone up so much. We have an expert with us once again. She's been on the show many times, and we'd like to go to her, especially during volatile times when things change, just so we can get an expert and veteran a response to the question of uh, what's going to happen next with us is uh, Connie Hernandez. Connie, how are you? Fine, Jeff. Thank you for having me. Okay, and thank you too. So the uh, the big question: What is going to happen next, or what is happening now, and how's it uh, how's it affecting business? Well, it's lots of things are happening which are affecting business, and I think we see that across the board. There's a larger banks that are having a lot of layoffs. There's a lot of extra offices that I've noticed in my area are shutting down. It's a sign of very little business right now. Um, some people have just decided to retire at this point. So, um, you know, aside from the the, um, the negative side of the news, I mean, there's, there's always business to be um, researched and looked at. I mean, right now there's, there's a big possibility of HELOCs. I don't know if people are getting calls, but... Obviously, those people that took advantage of the low rates and they need money for either repairs or uh, emergencies of any kind, just, you know, things that need to be addressed, the next best thing is the HELOCs. People that need repairs in their homes, there's uh, loans that will actually help them with a second for repairs in their homes. So there's still business out there. It's just now we have to look at it at a different perspective, a different angle. I think uh, the seconds or HELOCs are a great way to tap into equity. I had um, a uh, account executive from Spring EQ, one of the companies that we use at Malibu Funding, to do those kind of loans. There's a number of other people trying to get into the HELOC space because the untapped uh, wealth that's in the equity in your home uh, really it's just sitting there. So a lot of people are thinking, well, wait a second here. What, what am I going to watch the economy turn around and have all that equity go down the drain? No, let's get some of it and put it in the bank. I think it's a great idea, especially since even HELOCs are not going to change your overall rate that much. I, I don't know. What, what are some of the parameters of a HELOC or a second in terms of trying to get money that is in your house, out of your house, and into a bank account or some such investment? Well, you know, there are, you're absolutely right, uh, Jess, there are a whole lot more lenders out there that are offering HELOCs when there was only a selected few for some time. Right. And I believe that's obviously a sign of the times where, you know, you can't do a refi and lower your interest rate today, but you may need to tap into your equity. So the other option would be a second or a HELOC. So some of the parameters have actually lightened up a little bit. Um, I would say that they're... Not not as um, restrictive on the FICO scores anymore, and and the ratios are actually gotten a little bit more lenient. So, where you needed a seven twenty to get a decent HELOC before, now at a six eighty, six sixty, sometimes you can still have the opportunity of requesting these types of loans. Now, um, the one thing though is some of these companies are actually doing what they call our desk reviews on value checks, which is great because. The borrowers don't have to spend six, seven hundred dollars on an appraisal when 
you know, their HELOC may only be for fifty thousand dollars right. or right. you know, whatever whatever their request is. But, you know, my suggestion if you're going to do a HELOC, I would uh, obviously um, maximize it to what you can possibly uh, have as a max equity line. Um, obviously, it's a little different for a second because the second you have your payments immediately and you're, you're tied to those payments for that amount. On a HELOC, you're only going to be charged for what you're using, so why not ask for the max, right? Well, I agree, but one thing about that is that I remember in 08, now maybe this was a different circumstance, but I had a I had a, a equity line, business equity line that they took away from me even though I hadn't tapped in it and didn't know much. Uh, so is there a danger in that in terms of getting your home equity line of credit versus a, 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 um, a second mortgage um, that they might take it away from you if the economy goes uh, bad? Oh, absolutely. Right. I have the same situation happen to myself. I had a business credit line and a HELOC on one of my primary residence, as a matter of fact, which I never really used. Right. But it was there, and the business line had a very small balance on it, and both were actually um, closed. Um, so that this definitely a risk you're taking. So I think you have to really analyze your finances and see what you're going to do. Obviously, if you're going to do a second for investment purposes or you're going to have your money work for you, the last thing you want to do is pull out $100,000 on a second, have that payment, and not do anything with that money. So I strongly suggest that if uh, people are thinking in those realms that talking to a financial advisor, uh, talking to their uh, tax person or CPA, those are people that can help guide them. And let them know if those are good, you know, good options for them. Yeah, I think talking to a professional is always the best way to go, especially in times like this when you're trying to figure out. Okay, so interest rates, uh, thirty years, are over six percent now, and we really haven't seen this for you know a decade or more. Uh, I really want to buy a house, but at the same time, you know, I'm worried about that. I'm worried about the economy. I think people get caught up. In, in their in their process to figure it out. That's why a professional can really look at it without you know, having any emotion tied to it and just look at the numbers. And I think that's what we do in the mortgage business when we're talking about doing a loan, but certainly your CPA, your uh, investment advisor, all those people should be consulted. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, even though the rates are still, um, you know, they're still climbing and we'd love for them to stop, yep. but, you know, it is what it is. And people still need our services. You know, there are people that are going through different life situations where they're going to need our help, our advice, and our, obviously our guidance. Um, they still need to sell. They still need to buy. And, you know, obviously the buying powers are not the same today as they were just, you know, just really literally a few months ago. Right. But with, with all that taken into consideration... Um, there are still those people that desire to have a home and they know that they're either going to be paying high rent or they're going to be investing into something that they call their own. Yeah, no, the, the thing about rents too, and, and I talk about this and it's one of the few political um, uh, points that I get into is that corporations buying a lot of real estate, especially in down markets, and then renting them out, not allowing that particular inventory to get back to the market, really hurts the consumer. And it really keeps this endless cycle of not enough housing uh, going. Uh, now, I'm not saying it's the, the solve of the problem, but I do think that companies like Arrive Homes, who, is, who are out there uh, in the corporate world buying up properties that you can get in on, that's a, 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 I think Bill Gates is in on that one. And there was a lot mm-hmm. of the iHome I buying people. I think large corporations getting into single-family residential ownership and then renting them out is a problem. I don't know if you have a lot of that out where you are in Covina, uh, but we, yeah, we do. We yeah. we actually do. And and the thing that uh, the thing I'm very concerned with is also the the new business models that seem to be um, just kind of popping out of nowhere. And where I mean, I understand entrepreneurship, and I understand that we we all look for ways of creating uh, income. But you know, the the trend in our area seems to be now to look for homes that have you know, four plus bedrooms, five, you know, is ideal. And they're they're renting the rooms. Obviously they're getting a higher rent per room versus renting to a family. 
But, you know, with that being said, you know, the houses aren't uh, kept up as much. And right. obviously these homes are, you know, up in the, you know, 950 plus to 2 million. So you start seeing certain parts of the neighborhood don't look as nice anymore. And you just see a lot more congestion in the area. So, I mean, those are obviously business models that some people are doing. But, you know, again, that goes to show that we desperately need more housing, um, yep. you know, our higher ups to realize that they need to do something about our housing issues. Hey, Connie, I'm up against it. I wish we had more time. I want to get you back because these are these are issues that affect any market, but certainly now when we're looking at, you know, very, very low inventory, even in a market which is supposed to be so bad that it's, uh, you know, increasing the inventory, it's just not. Um, but thanks for coming on the show. I do appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me, Jeff. Thank you very much. That's Connie Hernandez from PMA. I'm Jeff. Oh, Connie, could you tell people how they can get in touch with you? Sure, absolutely. I've been in downtown Covina, 101 North Citrus, uh, right in the corner of Badello and Covina. And I can be reached on my direct line, which is area code 626-422-2017. I'd love to answer anyone's questions or concerns about the current market. Feel free to call me. Thank you very much, Connie. And again, that's Connie Hernandez. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for tuning in, tuning in to the show on an each and every week basis. You get to hear a lot of different opinions, not only from me, but from all the guests that come on the show. Uh, there's volatility going on in the market. Rates are rising. There's inflation news that isn't good some days. Some days it is good. Stock market is really just not knowing what's happening. But if you want to keep up, bre- up up to date, up to breast about it, you want to make sure that you can get in touch with us, make sure that you can watch and see what we do on a weekly basis. You can do that. You can go to YouTube, Jeff Barton, The Mortgage Voice. You can go to any number of these podcasts. Daryl, you got a list of those 10 podcasts? I sure do, Jeff. It's uh, Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartMedia, Radio.com, YouTube. Did I say YouTube twice? Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's important. Times. Yeah. <laughs> Podclips.io and TheMortgageVoice.com. Excellent. So any of these places where you can see and get a hold of this information, it's important. If you're looking to buy a house, if you're looking to refinance, if you need money out, equity, all of these things. Okay, and uh, thank you very much for listening to the show and all those podcasts as well as YouTube are great places that you can like the show, click on to join what we try to do, which is to bring the best information to you uh, each and every week to give you a better idea of what to do with what you want to do. Anyway, with us once again, Charles Giscombe from Malibu Funding to try to give us a perspective on what's happening in the market and some of the products out there that are pretty popular. Charles, how are you? Great, Jeff. How are you doing today? I'm very, I'm very well. Thank you very much. I know it's a down day for a lot of people. It's a down time for a lot of people because they focus on uh, things that maybe aren't helping them, like you know the prospects of an uh, of uh, recession next year, inflation, or interest rates going up. When you're talking to a borrower who is in that mindset, is there any way to turn them around to have them focus on something like monthly payment and what you're going to do with the equity in your house once you get it and the prices go up? Absolutely. You know what? Uh, although we know that inflation is occurring, interest rates are, are rising, it's still a good time to be in the market. And so what I try to do is let individuals know that we're not far off on the time that it used to be maybe five or six years ago, you know, obviously before the interest rates got really, really good. So at the end of the day, the interest rates are always going to cycle up. It's a cycle that's always going to raise. But it doesn't mean that you don't have to, that you shouldn't transact. Right now, property values are still holding steadily, but the market is not as hot as it is, so the competition level in regards to getting into property might be a little less. That way, it provides you an opportunity, a better opportunity, for you to get that bid that you normally would not have gotten because of 10, 12 different offers on that property. At the same time, we know that interest rates are up, so the bottom line is this. You can no longer be shopping around for the lowest interest rate because everyone's interest rate is not low. Right. But what we like to do is say, hey, listen, there's an opportunity for you to get in with some specific programs or different alternative uh, programs that can get you in that offer longer or, or, or 
longer amortization periods, which means not a 30-year loan, but a 40-year loan. Right. Uh, and that way you can get into those kind of loans. And a 40-year amortization is adding on an additional, you know, an additional 10 years of amortization, which obviously is going to make the payment lower. So now you're writing, still writing a loan check as though you have a low interest rate, even though the interest rate might not be as low. And also when you add another layer to that or another little value-added service, which is interest only, it allows you to pay 40 years but just interest only, which then takes your payment even lower. So in that point, without any penalty, you can be transacting in an investment property or your primary residence, getting into this situation, still writing a low payment as though you were writing a, uh, a low interest rate uh, uh, amount, and still be able to be in the market. I think it's a great time, and it's a great alternative to whatever is out there from a traditional standpoint. It's called a non-QM loan, and there's many different layers, level, levels, and value-added services that you can go into that will allow you to still transact. You know, I, I just got off the phone not too long ago in this show uh, with a guy from Greenbox Loan, national sales director over there, talking about an ITIN product DSR loan. Now, that's really bringing products to the market that really can solve problems. Any other kind of programs that you can think of? I like the 40-year, like the interest-only 40-year, but give us an, an example or two of some additional programs you might think of that could help people who maybe not interest rate conscious but really wants to get into this market. Absolutely. Jeff, we're working on, we have several different programs. There is loans that you can get into if you have a CPA and you haven't filed tax returns yet. The CPA can vouch for your income. That will allow you to get into an 80% LTV loan, and that, and you can utilize bank statements. Um, there's bank statement loans that let you get into those situations that, that, that will let individuals still transact just using your bank statements. That is, that's a non-traditional situation. I-10 DSCR loans, great loans. We have stated, stated loans that we can still get into. Um, that stated, stated loan will allow you to close a transaction in your LLC name, it won't show up on your personal credit, and you can also get renovations involved with that loan. Now, that loan has a higher down payment, but it offers really great terms, and it offers long-term um, lending as well of financial uh, situations. You can get another 30-year loan on a commercial loan. So there's many different loans, renovation loans that we have where you're just using your I-10, um, CPA, uh, or profit and loss all different types of loans besides traditional that you can get into that will allow you to transact and still be in this market, uh, taking advantage of still, like I said, the values in these properties, they're still there. You know, I read an article just today about fraud in the mortgage marketplace and how that uh, uh, CoreLogic is looking at loans today um, with a bit stronger, a bit uh, more cynicism, i.e. that because market conditions have changed the way they have, because either the interest rates or inflation or possible recession have really made the market different. And so they're thinking, and this may be on an historical analysis, that they're looking at more fraudulent, mostly in income. How do we protect not only the borrowers, but how do we protect the market from people who would want to go after uh, uh, smaller mortgage brokers and try to falsify some income documentation? What are some of the protections so that people feel more comfortable that this is not 2008? Absolutely. Well, first of all, your loan officer is your first line of defense. When that person gets in there, they have to actually do a really good job and do their due diligence. Finding out exactly who the borrower is, who the client is, is very important for you to understand Look at the documentation from a loan origination standpoint, you know, and you have to you have to have a good eye. You have to look at the situation and make sure that nothing's being passed across the table that that is kind of questionable. All right. Obviously, with bank statements in different situations, there are certain things protections in place that you won't be able to falsify that documentation. If you put those through the banks and make sure that they do the income calculations ahead of time and do different things, and that way you know ahead of time that that has passed the smell test and the eye test in those situations. That way, from, from a broker standpoint, we can rest assured that if the lender sees it directly right away from us, then they have comfort in it. And then that way we can carry on with our normal task and normal loan officer duties to get a deal done pre-qualified from beginning to end, process correctly and underwritten. 
So there's many different layers and levels that you have to go through in order for a loan to go through. But your first line of defense is a loan officer or a loan originator that has, has the client's best interest at hand and also has the mortgage broker and the bank's best interest at hand. And I think those three things all go hand in hand to really secure the industry because after all, if you know, more than a few of these go through, it really hurts all the borrowers because then your standards, your, your uh, criteria to get a loan gets harder. Uh, fewer people can get those loans. Either it's a credit score issue or a DTI issue. So obviously you being the, the experienced loan officer, being the first line of defense is the person uh, really this, this hinges on. And, um, you know, we're just glad we have people like you working for Malibu Funding. Jeff, that's awesome. You know what? I like to be a good teammate. And they always say, you don't allow one bad apple to spoil the bunch. So at the end of the day, it's super important for us to keep eyes on it, to watch, and also to, to educate and make individuals aware. You know, and, and you also have to have some pride. I have pride in Malibu funding in my team, and I want to make sure that we have these loans for all of our loan officers and for all of our clients uh, that come in time and time again to get loans done. We want to make sure that that one or two bad apples don't come in and spoil the opportunity and the, and, and the, uh, the solutions that Malibu funding has Chuck, thanks very much for coming on the show once again. I always appreciate your information, and obviously trying to get people a loan in a difficult market is always welcome advice. Thanks very much for coming on. Jeff, thanks for having me, as always. And could you shout out a way by which people can get in touch with you uh, out in the Vegas market? Absolutely. You want to get a hold of me? You can call me at 702-328-5191. That's 702 328 But you can email me at Charles at malibufunding.biz as Charles at malibufunding.boyisaaczena. Thank you very much, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Jeff. Okay, and that's Charles Giscombe from Malibu Funding. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for tuning into the show. You know, you can not only hear this show, you can see this show, but if you want to see and hear the show, go to YouTube. Jeff Barton, the Mortgage Voice, is our YouTube channel. Uh, we have hundreds of shows there. You can listen to the archival shows. You can listen to our LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram shows, as well as our weekly mortgage radio show, which is themortgagevoice.com. I am Jeff Barton, and this is The Mortgage Voice. Thanks again for tuning in. Um, we often bring experts in the field to the show. Uh, I'm a radio host and also owner of a mortgage company, Malibu Funding, Inc. They're the company that produces the show. Uh, but the people that really know what's going on are the people who are the lenders, people who are out there actually providing products to consumers through mortgage brokers. And uh, joining us is Jack Conway. He's the National Sales Director for Greenbox Loans. And uh, I welcome him now. Thanks, Jack, for coming on the show. My pleasure, Jeff. Thank you for having me. Thank you very um, much. Uh, pleasure to be here. Thanks. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing at Greenbox, and then, you know, with the volatility going on in the market, what are we doing to try to help consumers get into a loan product? Absolutely. So we're a non-qualified mortgage lender, so we specialize in products that aren't serviced or bought and sold by Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and none by the government, no FHA, no Gubbies whatsoever. So our product lineup is pretty unique um, and very niche-oriented, and as a result, <clears throat> It's been uh, a very interesting time. You know, our products are not bought and sold and securitized by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. They're bought and sold and securitized privately. So right. the bond market has been very uh, difficult to navigate, to say the very least, yep. uh, for the past six months. But um, either way, as a result, you know, we have seen a tremendous amount of volatility. Several of our competitors have, unfortunately, either closed shop, gone bankrupt, or needed to, unfortunately, lay off tremendous amounts of their current wholesale staff. But yep. luckily, Greenbox has been pretty ahead of the curve as far as pricing. Um, and I would not say there has been a magic recipe to that. We've just basically followed the same recipe that the Fed has told us. They tell us they're going to go hawkish. We've been hawkish. <laughs> right. Uh, and we've just pretty much been keeping in touch with inflation numbers and employment numbers and doing our best to stay in front of it. Um but yeah, uh, what else can you? What else are you particularly interested as far as for what we're seeing, 
what products are available, where can I get a little bit more specific for you? Sure, absolutely, and I thank you for that overview of what's happening and especially what's going on. I was interested in when you were saying that you stayed ahead of the curve. Does that mean that you saw or foresaw that non-QM, that the rates that they were offering early on when we started to see actually the 30-year trip up, we didn't really see non-QM interest rates go up along with it or at least outpace it. Is that what you mean by keeping up with the curve, just making sure that your pricing was enough so you could sell the loans? Okay. Absolutely. You know, um, very, very early on this year, we saw some very unsettling movement on the secondary side, um, bond buyers beginning to get very nervous. So even when pricing was still readily available um, and relatively low, as a matter of fact, it really wasn't hit that quickly. But as soon as we begin to see a few investors pull out right. or no longer bid, we immediately jacked up our rates pretty quickly in anticipation for what we hoped would not happen, but did. You know, at the very beginning when everyone well, for what everyone is accusing the Fed of being lackadaisical or right. maybe a little bit behind the curve, I would say it's a little unfair. You know, everyone out there was uncertain as to what was going to happen. Maybe these were supply chain issues that were going to resolve themselves. Maybe China was going to open up a little bit more. You know, obviously no one could have foreseen, or at least I don't think so, um, what Russia ended up getting into. So, right. you know, well, unfortunately it was a series of events. And, just luckily, you know, we are a conservative lender from a back-end standpoint. Greenbox is not a publicly traded company. We do not have any outside investors. We are privately held mm-hmm. by our CEO. And as a result, we don't have that um, we don't have that appetite for exposure on the secondary side. No, you know, that's a great word. COVID pretty well. No, that's so a great word. We're not interested in. Yeah, that's good. No, I, I totally understand that. And since uh, we just saw the mortgage-backed security purchases by the Fed end, is that going to put more mm-hmm. pressure on investors now that uh, they don't have a guaranteed purchase of a monthly that finally is over with? Well, so the, again, the very interesting thing is that, again, non-qualified mortgages are bought, sold, and securitized by private investors. So right. The Fed was never really buying our product lineup. Most of our products are bought up by large financial institutions, BlackRock, Citibank, okay. um, other investors out there. Sometimes even our competition, ironically enough, you know, Greenbox was just named in a large security by Angel Oak, or for, it's one of Angel Oak securities, so it's okay. one of those interesting things. Yes, we all have a very incestuous relationship. It is. I think we're all trying to hang on together in, in really tough times in any market. I mean, obviously, if you have less people borrowing, that makes it tough on everybody. Sure. Yeah, we've seen applications drop substantially. Um, yep. It's, it's, uh, it went from basically a loan frenzy where we were, no matter how quickly we staffed, we were drowning. If I brought on five more underwriters... I needed five more before those could even be hired. I needed five more AEs just to manage the phones. So now where account executives have really had to become, uh, I guess, more dynamic, more robust. You know, our industry is changing so fast. To give you perspective, I can't even keep up with our daily marketing. Products are disappearing and reappearing on a weekly basis, the poor guy that's in charge of our guidelines is, uh, <laughs> has really been given a task unlike any other. He's had to redo our guidelines, I think, six times in four months. Wow. Wow. And that, and that yeah. used to be one of the steady things you liked about non-QM is that the guidelines remain the same. Sure. Or if nothing else, they just get easier and easier. Yeah, you know, right. In the past seven years I've done this, except for you know the year of COVID, right. you know, rates have done nothing but go down uh products have done nothing but expand you know there's been nothing but expansion in the market whereas now we're dealing with an overall retraction but almost as almost like a a downward heartbeat where it keeps going up but down further up down forward uh further like uh one step forward and two steps back basically throughout it but I, i will say though that we have recently seen a slight stabilization which is good. Hopefully, yep. fingers crossed, no one else declares war, no one else, right? Uh, no other major unforeseen uh, circumstances globally, but we are beginning to see a stabling. I have felt confident enough to bring back several of the products that... Um, Talk to uh, us, yeah. That's a, that's a good so thing. For, Talk to us about some of the products that you are offering sure. and what are some of the popular ones that are actually still selling well. Sure. Well, the most exciting for brokers, and I will say I think this is... Um, 
this is a symptom of the lack of applications out there where loan officers and brokers they have had to dig in a little bit deeper and go for products they normally wouldn't have or may have passed over. Our ITIN product, which is an individual tax ID number yep. for an undocumented resident, is probably one of the most exciting products that Greenbox offers. And we did really corner the market with this product. The only non-QM lender that was doing it before us would have been ACC. Right, and, right. Uh, either way, that's been something that's been kind of a lifeline for Greenbox as the market continues to retract there's always going to be ITIN borrowers. And right. unfortunately, for whatever reason, uh, they don't really ever concern themselves about rate. It's just can they get into a home, and we definitely offer that. Some of the products that have come back and that we've expanded on, Greenbox has added a DSCR ITIN product, which is okay. a cash flow analysis product, which allows borrowers to get into investment properties um, without showing income. It's just whether or not the property debt services. But that's also for an ITIN buyer, right? A foreign buyer comes in, wants to buy an investment property. They have now an option to be able to do that. Absolutely, and it helps them overcome that big hurdle because all borrowers are non-owner occupants. So it allows them to pool multiple borrowers together for the down payment. When historically speaking, that down payment is the biggest hurdle for ITIN borrowers. The DTI is never really a problem. They always make their payments. But that down payment is a large obstacle, and with allowing non-owner occupants to pool income, it allows them to begin to create generational wealth, which is great. We all want to be yep, part of that. of course. Absolutely. And, and so some of the products that have just come out literally hot off the press this morning, we have now started to offer a 40-year fully amortized product. Now, that's not for ITIN borrowers. That's for U.S. citizens, and that's on bank statement loans or full dock loans. You okay. name it, we offer it which allows, again, a lot more flexibility for the U.S. borrower to purchase and offer a little bit more hitting, punching power when it goes in, when they go in to buy a home. So that 40-year term is a really exciting thing that we just added. We've also brought back our uh, two-month bank statement product, which, okay. again, is not for ITIN borrowers but for U.S. citizens. So we have seen some... Uh, easing in the market and some opening as of uh, the past two weeks. Hey, Jack, you know, we have run out of 10 minutes. That's the quickest 10 minutes I've had in a long time. I appreciate the information. Awesome. Can you tell people how they can get in touch with you or people from Greenbox Loans if they're looking to, you know, get more information about these products? Absolutely. My name is Jack Conway. Again, sales director at Greenbox Loans. You can find me at 213-235-4274. That's 213 213- Two three five four two seven four, or you can email me at Jack J A C K, and then a C is in cat, so Jack C at Greenbox Loans with an S dot com. Jack, thank you very very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Like to do it again. Like to get Judy on it too. Is uh, you know uh, somebody that uh, obviously has a, a probably a good idea of what you're doing on a daily. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. You take care. Thank you very much. That's Jack Conway from Greenbox Loans. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. You know, I wanted to sing that right there. I don't know why I was thinking that. All of a sudden, I almost hit the high note. Anyway, I'm Jeff. You're listening to the show. If you want to hear the show in many different formats, you can. We're on a number of different podcasts. Uh, Daryl, do they have a list of those podcasts? I sure do, Jeff. I've got the Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartMediaRadio.com. Podclips.iq and TheMortgageVoice.com. That's Podclips.io. If you want to go to Podclips.io and hear and see some terrific podcasts, a lot of people that you probably hadn't heard of, there are a number of podcasters out there, everybody vying for the same space. But if you go to Podclips.io, health, finance, um, what are a couple of the other ones? Sports. We have some political stuff on there and also uh, uh, mediation. Advice. Excellent. So if you go there, you can pick up uh, any number of uh, different podcasts and listen to them. It's a great listen, and I highly recommend it. I'm Jeff Barton. This is The Mortgage Voice. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get right to some specific details, probably more of what you want to hear than my opinion on things. Uh, interest rates. Um, and the interest rates today are 628 
for the 30-year fix, 5.44 for the 15. FHA is at 5.55. The Jumbo is at 5.55, and the 5.1 Arm is at 5.92. Mortgage credit, we had talked about this just a little bit. Uh, on the earlier segment, mortgage credit has tightened again in August, continuing a trend since the pandemic. Uh, everybody thought that because there was so much money around and loans were so easy to get. The reason they were easy to get is because the interest rates were so low. If you're looking at 2.5%, the criteria on the loans were absolutely the same or you know, very much tighter uh, than they were um, during 2008 and 2009, they've actually gotten tighter again. However, at 2.5%, it's very easy to get a loan because a lot of people can qualify. As every, every, I, I think it's every 1% that the uh, interest rate goes up, you lose a million people in terms of being able to afford that. So if we've gone from 2.5%, 2.75% to now 6.25%, well, you figure it out. That's a lot of people to lose who can afford a mortgage, and it's probably going to get a little bit worse, although I do see some settling on interest rates in the fourth quarter, unless some calamity happens, and that may be. Mortgage-backed securities purchase ends. Okay, when we had quantitative easing, uh, that was uh, at the time when we had mortgage-backed securities, as well as, they didn't call it quarter, uh, quantitative easing this time. What do they call it? They called it... Uh, I don't know. I forget what it's called. That's how silly it is. Uh, Mortgage-backed securities, they stopped buying. Uh, they were also buying treasuries, and they were buying them to, I don't know, 80, 60, 80 billion a month. They started quantitative tightening, which was a reduction in those. And we just ended yesterday, or Wednesday last week, uh, the purchase of mortgage-backed securities. So what is that going to do to money in the marketplace? When you have the government coming in and making sure that they purchase and buy the mortgage-backed securities on a regular schedule. Now you're just dealing with the private sector and those who buy those sort of securities. going to be interesting to see what exactly happens um, to the mortgage interest rates, whether they go down or up. Uh, my bet is they actually go up a little bit just because the risk involved is probably going to be weighed a lot differently uh, from the private sector than it does when we had an automatic buy from uh, the mortgage-backed security purchases by the Fed. Uh, conventional limits raised. Okay, so conventional limits. Every county in the United States has a loan limit for their conventional 30-year fixed-rate loans. That means that if you stay within, as a lender, if you stay within these limits, you are guaranteed to have Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac purchase your loans. Now, in places like big cities in Albuquerque or uh, you go up to uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, or certainly Los Angeles in Southern California, in any big city, you really want loan limits higher. Why? Because it allows people to be able to buy more houses, i.e. the lenders will lend more money to those kind of borrowers because they can sell the loans to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. So the conventional loan limits have been raised by not the federal government, not Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, but by City, Chase, UWM, Rocket, in any number of other big box banks. And why are they doing this? Because they've got to, what they call, expand the credit portfolio, expand the credit envelope to accept more loans. Now, we know that in November or December, we're going to get conventional loan limits raised. They just jumped the gun and are portfolioing those loans that they do sell now or do uh, originate now, and they'll sell to the federal government, not the federal government, they'll sell to Fannie and Freddie at that particular time. Okay, the Fed next week, maybe 100 basis points. So next Wednesday, we're going to hear from the Fed whether they're going to raise short-term interest rates. Now, this short-term interest rate is a 24-hour rate on money that banks have to have in reserve or available to um, cover their balance sheet needs uh, in terms of what they need to have liquidity in, the, in their uh, particular coffers. Because of that the uh, Fed will raise probably, and they're looking at either 50 to 75, maybe even 100 basis points, not out of the question. The inflationary news that we talked about earlier in the show has really affected and will affect this decision. So stay tuned. Uh, if we saw a 1,300-point decline based on what the uh, inflationary number was, what do you think it's going to be if the Fed raises by 100 points? Yowzer, you're right. We're going to test the lows of July, which are... Um, and not good for a lot of people who have 
tons of money in the in the uh, market. And as I said earlier, Social Security is in the market. Your retirement funds are in the market. There are a lot of things in the market, uh, i.e. the stock market. Okay, let's get to a couple other things. Four factors affecting the economy right now. There are four factors affecting that I want to talk about. Inflation. Obviously, inflation is number one. If not the products you buy, and that's everything you buy, uh, it's certainly a psychological barrier to you being able to go out and spend money. Currently, there is no issue with people spending money, but the money that is available to do so is declining. So we're looking at possibly, as I said, in 23Q2 to Q3, a recession. Uh, so we'll have to wait and stay tuned. Uh, number two, interest rates. Obviously, we talked about that. At the 30-year, yeah, it's huge, right? 6.25, 6.28%—that's a big number, and we haven't seen that since 2008. The stronger dollar. When there is a strong dollar, it means that if you're traveling overseas—and I don't know you, but I don't go overseas, so therefore things here at home are going to cost more because the strong dollar. Are, makes things more expensive, i.e. people have to sell to the United States, have to sell them at a higher dollar amount in order to be able to make any money here in the United States. And the war, yes, that dreaded war, the awful war, the terrible war, and I hate war, and I hate to make light of it just because we're talking economic news here, but the reality is is that the constraints on the, um, the uh, uh, what am I trying to say, the chain of... Uh, what is it? I can't even remember it right now. It's the supply chain. Jeez, think about that for a second. My brain needs supply. Anyway, so the supply chain itself has been hurt mightily by the war and continues to do so. Now, we've seen possibly uh, some uh, battlefield uh, wins by one side versus the other, and it may quicken or hasten the end of the war, but certainly we're going to see issues in Europe uh, when we have... Uh, the winter come because obviously the gas pipeline, the Nord Stream, uh, Nord Stream gas pipeline, been shut down now for I guess about a week, uh, really raising concerns about the winter and the home heating oil and uh, the gas that they need in Europe in order to heat their homes. Okay, so a couple other things. Okay, in the real estate sector, let's talk about it just for a second. New listings down year over year, not a good sign. Seller strike. What is a seller strike? It means they've decided not to put their house on the market, and that's not a good thing when it comes to you wanting to go out there and buy a market. So therefore, when we should see more uh, housing in the market, i.e. prices being lowered, sellers are holding back because they just don't want to put their houses on the market yet. And borrowing on house equity. That's the third thing in the real estate sector. Home equity is huge. Even though we've seen $1.6 trillion in terms of uh, home equity being lost over the last 30 days uh, to last quarter, what we have seen is Prices are, I'm not prices, but the equity in your home is still going up. Prices on homes are still going up. So if we have 14% improvement in equity year over year, that means people are still taking money out of their house. But they're not doing it in the way that they used to do it, i.e. refining the first. No, they're doing seconds or they're doing home equity lines of credit. These things are things to take advantage of, especially when you have uh, money in your house. Uh, if we have an upcoming recession where we see a 5 to 20% um, what they call correction in the real estate market, that's going to affect equity in your home. So a lot of people are trying to take advantage of the equity in their home now. Anyway, we're up against it. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Really appreciate you listening to the show each and every week, and we'll see you next time. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. For more on today's topic, visit www.malibufunding.net.